sights to show you. Hey everybody, and welcome to the 64th episode of The Sirens of Scream. We're a tiny little geek podcast that believes truly and fully that sometimes dead is better. Sometimes. (laughs) It is. Totally is. (laughs) Yes. These past few weeks, we've all had a bunch of crap happening. Some good, and some just crappy. That has prevented us from getting on the mic on schedule, so my apologies for the delay. And we're going to spend a little time tonight, I think, just catching up on various things that we've been using to escape from life and crap with. (laughs) So you guys can enjoy it as well. Before we get started, I just want to throw in a quick loving, loving birthday shout to our good friend Bob Ryer, who celebrated another year on Earth on March 25th. I did not get to see him for his birthday or speak to him, but I want to make sure he knows that we love him. And uh, we wish you all the happy things and yummy treats and big hugs on your birthday, Bob. Happy birthday, Bob. Happy birthday. I don't know what that was. I just made up a new happy birthday song. (laughs) (laughs) Just for you, Bob. (laughs) All right. I'm going to start with Sierra. Yeah. Because (laughs) Sierra's been having like... I feel like a nerd's nightmare for the past couple weeks. Oh my gosh. It's true. A true horror. (laughs) Really? The villain is, of course, Comcast. They are always a villain. Bastards. I know. Villain, the true villain of life. We moved into a new house, which is very exciting, and I love it. Yay! What? No, no, no. More specifically, you bought a new house. Yes, yes. So we bought a new house. Which is really awesome. You're grown-ups. I know. (laughs) Real live grown-ups. It feels like a kind of an imposter syndrome a little bit still. But yeah, so we moved in and we've been in there for like three weeks now. And the dogs are very happy. They have a lot of space to run around. And we just put in a dog door so that they can go out into the backyard whenever they want. Nice. And so they just like don't need us anymore. And they're just like, see ya. (laughs) And so everything about it is wonderful, except that we aren't connected to the internet. So we have been burning through the box set of Lost, which has been very exciting. I haven't seen Lost before. Oh, really? So it's my first viewing. And Tucker keeps getting mad at me for all of my predictions of what's actually happening based on the like kind of pop culture you know, the things that I've picked up on. Yeah. Just from hearing people talk about Lost. And I'm very excited to see what this whole smoke monster is about and all of these government conspiracies. And I'm pretty sure it's aliens right now. If you find out why those stupid polar bears are on that island, please let me know, because that's why I stopped watching that show. (laughs) Okay, I'll let you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's what I've been doing. But it has made it really hard to obviously record a podcast. So I'm, I'm staying late at work so I can use their Wi-Fi. You're you're working air quotes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I hope you're telling your boss that you're working really, really overtime tonight. Yeah, that's right. My dedication. <laughs> Get some credit out of it, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, If I can share a super quick story about my experience with Lost, I saw Lost in like kind of the coolest way. I was out on a cruise a long, long time ago with an ex-boyfriend of mine. We were coming home across the Gulf of Mexico and there was a hurricane and the the cruise ship, basically, which a lot of them do, they just said, we're just going to slow down and like wait for the hurricane to pass by. And then they're going to, you know, keep going back to Florida. I was going from Mexico to Florida. And but that meant like a full day of really, really rough water. Like the balconies were all shut down. So you had to stay inside. And my boyfriend at the time was really nervous about getting sick. So he just took Dramamine and basically just passed out. <laughs> nice. And it was just sl- <laughs> sleeping. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, I'm just going to like 
have dinner in bed and act like I'm on this cruise by myself and like I'm in the lap of luxury. <laughs> um, and he was just snoring. And uh, and I ordered, I had like food delivered to the room. Mm-hmm. And the recap episode of the first season of Lost came on and I'd never watched it. And it was like this whole episode to like catch you up before the second one. So it was like when they're opening the hatch was where I started watching it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I got to yeah. watch like and like the boats rocking and like it's stormy and raining and I got to watch the oh, recap wow. of the first and then like the first episode of the new season of the second season like on the boat eating in bed and drinking a lot of wine. <laughs> that's kind of hilarious. I know I on my last night on the cruise I'm like ooh we're gonna land on an island and we're never gonna get off it and that would kind of suck because I would be stuck with my ex-boyfriend who I didn't like very much. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah, it was a funny experience, and that was my first time seeing Lost. I actually have a weird Lost anecdote as well. Back in Asheville, there was this restaurant, the Cornerstone, that had this amazing breakfast. Like, you know how there's always that one weird hole-in-the-wall restaurant that is kind of crappy, but always has, like, the best damn breakfast in town? This is that restaurant. Uh, One day, I'm, like, browsing Craigslist for whatever reason, and I come across this ad this person offers they will buy you breakfast at the Cornerstone every week, every Saturday. They will buy you breakfast at Cornerstone if you just meet up with them and explain Lost to them. <laughs> Were they like, also <laughs> watching it? Or did they just like, Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they just they just didn't quite get it. Like they they just couldn't understand like the theories and what was going on and like they couldn't quite figure out. Like they were like, I'm an intelligent person, but I can't quite understand everything that's going on. And I just need somebody to bounce some ideas off of and really just just pick this series apart. <laughs> so I will buy you breakfast at Quarterstone every Saturday morning. If you just come with me and talk to me about this show. Uh, I hope that whoever posted that then found the love of their life that way. Right? Wouldn't that be the (laughs) cutest? (laughs) Jackie, what have you been up to? Oh my God, working so much. Are you still making love matches? (sighs) Yes. (laughs) No. Um, But I am uh, finishing up several art projects. I uh, was commissioned a while back to make a lich costume based on the costume that I made for myself a couple years ago, which was really, really cool personally. Cause I, you know, obviously I've talked about how cool I think the Lich is like so many times on here. So making that costume was very personal and very meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. And I have never like posted on any of the places that I sell art related things that I will make anything costume related at all. Mm -hmm. So this person just kind of found pictures of me in my costume out in the world. I was going to ask if it was somebody special that you were making this for. No, like it was it's this teenage kid that he's going to his first convention and the Lich is his favorite character as like he loves the lich just as much as i do it's the uh, adventure time lich for you know anyone who hasn't heard me rant about the lich before that's pretty cute yeah he just randomly messaged me and was like hey i found these pictures and i think it's really awesome and i'm going to my first convention and how much would it be for me to commission all of this stuff from you so i've been building this entire costume for him and Like, for one, it's just really, really fucking cool on a personal level to do this. And it allows me to um, revisit some of these pieces that I kind of wanted to build a little bit better and challenge myself to just kind of evolve as a maker and make them 
just nicer for him. So I'm putting the finishing touches on them like literally tonight and they're probably going to go out tomorrow or Wednesday. So that's so exciting. Yeah. I want to see a photo of him in it. Yeah, I do too. That's, it's been a very nice project to uh, work on here. So I'm very happy about that. You should ask him to post a picture and tag us in it so we can share it when he goes to the con. Yeah, well, absolutely. And a really important question I feel like here is, um, how early do I need to get my order in for Halloween <laughs> for my next costume? <laughs> <laughs> Depends on what the costume is. Because I didn't realize this was a business and that I could just throw some money at you and get a costume. What's funny is uh, my, my best friend Blue, and she's going to hear this, but uh, she's been trying to talk me into opening up some kind of costume and Halloween props business for literally years. I'm like, nah, nobody wants that. It's going to... Nah, nobody wants this Everybody at all. wants that. Everybody yeah. wants that, Jackie. <laughs> Clearly, maybe I do need to start something up here, but we'll Everybody see. Everybody <laughs> wants cool costumes that they don't actually have to craft themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I try my best to like patch things together from chintzy Amazon costumes every year, but it never goes very well. <laughs> so how about you, Melissa? What are you about to I've just been, what I'm usually doing, working a lot. I think I spent all of two weeks with a sinus infection, so I lost my voice for a while. And I think that was part of the reason why we couldn't record, because I think Jackie, you and I were both sick at the same time. Yeah. So like we, we couldn't play the old somebody talk a lot and the, the other one will shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we've done that before to Sierra, haven't we? We've been like two of us sick and like, Sierra, just That's tell us true, stories. But I, I wasn't able to just... No Best stories at the time. Yeah, it was horrible. It's been the perfect storm of not being able to hop on a podcast lately. Yeah. For all of us. Yeah, I've just been super, super busy. And uh, I think I talked about this on the last show, maybe that my son is becoming obsessed with. He's discovered that horror is a thing that that like it's a world of stuff that he didn't know about before. And he really, really wants to be a part of it. But of course, you know, I'm not going to let him be six years old. I'm not going to let him watch any like realistic violence or anything yet. So like we're trying, you know, we're, we're trying to find as many ways that we can get around that and make him feel a part of it. And one of the things he's been doing is with his dad collecting, they're these collectible figures uh, made by a company called NECA. And he's been collecting these figures with his dad of like all these classic horror characters, Jason Voorhees, you know, Freddy Krueger, <laughs> Pennywise, like he knows all these characters and he's never seen any of the movies. But, you know, his dad is a big film nerd. So he just fills his head with all this trivia about movies about all the different movies and so he has all this information that he just loves to pour out to people who will listen anybody nice so he sounds like an expert <laughs> on like horror films and he's never even seen any of them so one of the things that happened in since we talked last was ryan took him to his first horror con they went by themselves because i had to work <laughs> I didn't have, I need like two months notice to get a Saturday off. Mm -hmm. So I was working and they went away for a weekend and I was bummed because I couldn't go. And then, you know, as a mom, I'm like, I have a weekend to myself for once. Like I can sleep in on a Sunday. Oh, I was so excited. I went out, um, I worked on Saturday. I went out to see Captain Marvel with a couple girlfriends of mine, a little lady date on Saturday night. And then I woke up Sunday sick as fuck. <laughs> And I was in bed all day Sunday, all day Monday. <laughs> so there went my party weekend to myself. But yeah, they went to the horror con and it was it was pretty it was pretty fun. And I just want to tell you guys about it because they had so much fun. One of the people Max was super excited about was CJ Graham, who's the guy that plays Jason Voorhees in part six. Jason lives. He's the zombie Jason. 
And Max was really stoked to meet him. And, uh, you know, I thought for sure, I was like, he's not, I, he's going to flip out. Like when he sees him in costume, you know, Ryan had set up for like pictures and all this stuff. And uh, no, he, he met him first and out of costume. He got a poster signed from him and he's like a little picture of him, like with his hand on CJ's shoulder, like they're old buddies, you know? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then he got his picture taken with him in costume and Max had gotten himself a little Jason mask at the con and he's holding it in front of him and he's kind of like his fist out like, yeah. And Jason's nice. standing behind him like with <laughs> weapons and he's got his hand on his shoulder. <laughs> Like, oh, he's not scared at all. <laughs> it's like he's that's hilarious. Into it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. I I didn't. I should. Sh- I'll share it on the Sirens account later on because I think I shared it on mine, but I forgot to tag you guys in it. But it's pretty cute because he's just. He you could see he's like so excited, <laughs> and just Jason standing behind him with this belt full of tools and weapons. They also met uh, Nick Castle, who's the oh, wow. actor who played uh, Michael Myers in the first Halloween. Yeah. Hang awesome and he was there because they were doing like a reunion of the new the halloween 2018 and i guess he he made a a cameo appearance as michael like in one scene in the new film as well so he was there and max got to meet him apparently nick has a also has a son named max so ryan said they hit it off and like bonded over that and they were just chatting away to each other but it's pretty funny because here's my six-year-old son like getting his picture taken essentially with all these old dudes with like white beards. <laughs> he's just, they're celebrities, you know? <laughs> he's so yeah. excited. Yeah, and he's stoked. <laughs> he's so excited. <laughs> and he met, uh, did you guys see how, we talked about Halloween 2018, you saw it, right? Yep. He met um, Julian, who's uh, the little boy that everybody loves from Halloween. Uh, his real name is Jabrail, and he met him and got his picture taken with him. Ryan said that was really interesting because he's basically just a little kid. And when he's not, when people aren't like taking pictures of him and following him, you know, or trying to talk to him, he's just like playing in the corner like a kid, just like, you know, talking to himself and chattering and no, but that was cute too. So yeah, so that's been a big talk in our house lately is uh, horror cons. I've never been to a straight up horror con. I do Comic Con every year. So we now have one on the book that we're going to go to in August together as a family, planning it way ahead of time so I can get out of work. Nice. It's called Monster Madness, I believe. But it's in the same town in New Jersey um, where this one is. And I'm super excited because when we decided to go, we talked about going, but we didn't know. They've been like announcing guests every day. They released them a little bit at a time. And Ryan and I had this conversation I don't do, like, fandom stuff a lot. Like, I, I enjoy things, but I don't, like, you know, I don't fangirl. I just don't, I don't get, like, that into anything. But he asked who would be one person that I would be excited to meet at Horicon. And I said probably Clive Barker, because I've been reading his stuff since I was, like, 17. And he's definitely a huge influence on my horror preferences and my horror background. And it turns out Clive Barker's going to be there. Nice. And the entire cast of all the Cenobites are going to be there from the original Hellraiser. Oh, wow. Including Pinhead. <laughs> like, what? So, That's crazy. Yes. Yeah. So he already, like, I think he already set us up with, like, VIP tickets and stuff. So we can go to, like, oh, a, I don't I don't know what that means. I don't know if we're going to have, like, a cocktail party with him or something. I don't know. But I don't know says uh so now so now i'm every day i have like a slight moment of panic trying to figure out like what i'm supposed to say to this person (laughs) (laughs) what would i say 
what am I going to say to Clive? And this is why I don't do fan <laughs> stuff. Like I don't because it like it gives me like heart palpitations. It gives me so much anxiety. So I have from now until August to decide what the hell I'm going to say to Clive Barker, not just stand there and go. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh and I think uh, I think Freddy Krueger is going to be there too. Oh, nice, Robert England. Yes, Robert England. I saw him at uh, Rose City Comic Con, and he was really funny. Yeah, we're we're pretty excited about that. Max ha- Max has a poster in his room that's signed by the whole cast of Dream Warriors, except for Robert England. So I think we'll probably try to take that with us, and so he can add Robert to it. I don't know. So that's what we've been doing is talking a lot about how he can like get into now. Ma- now that Max has discovered horror and he wants to be a part of it, like how we can plan, you know, family enjoyment together. Very cool. Yeah. There's a con here in Seattle called Crypticon that I always am like super excited about, and then I. I'm really bad at planning. And then it comes up and it's like, oh shit, it's that's weekend and I have all this other stuff to do. Um, so I haven't actually been to it yet, but maybe this will be the year. Didn't that just happen? Uh, no, I think it's in like late summer. I thought I saw a lot of stuff on my feeds re- recently about Crypticon. They might be announcing people too. Oh, okay. Or maybe I've just been talking about cryptids a lot and my phone's listening. That's always a possibility. That's prob- Nobody's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I forgot Nick Frost is going to be there, too. Awesome. We, ju- we just let Max watch uh, Shaun of the Dead yes. for the first time. Did he love although, it? Although part of the way through it, I was I was regretting it a little bit because he was just <laughs> like, I don't I didn't remember it being very intense. But I think for him, because he hasn't seen a lot of like realistic zombie makeup, mm-hmm. you know, he was just like, he's just staring at it with his mouth open. <laughs> his <laughs> eyes are really big. And I'm looking over at him in the dark, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> are we traumatizing him? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we might be traumatizing him. <laughs> he liked it. I think he wasn't, you know, I I didn't realize, I think a lot of the humor was over his head a little bit. Between that and, like, the British accents, you know, for kids, I think it's a lot harder for them to catch all of it. So he he keeps talking about his favorite part is, like, when they come out of the, what, uh, the Winchester and the first zombie they encounter is outside, you know, and, and they're mm-hmm. both and they're drunk singing and the song. Zombie, yeah, the zombie goes, and they're like, do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> That's the one part that he keeps referring to and talking about how much he liked it. <laughs> I, th- I think he thought, it, I think he was confused because he was like, you know, the zombies were a little scary, so he wasn't sure if it was supposed to be funny. Mm-hmm. Like, we're laughing, we're like, it's okay, Max, it's funny. It's funny. I know the zombies are scary, but it's funny. <laughs> sure you guys to mention that IGN is doing something really cool. They're celebrating uh, the 40th anniversary of Alien with they're releasing a short film per week. There's a link. I will throw it up somewhere, but as you go to IGN.com slash videos and you can find them on there and I believe they're throwing them out on their Twitter account as well. So are the short 
films about alien uh yes okay like documentary style or like fired by no no like they're short films let me see the first one is written and directed by chris reading the synopsis for containment is four survivors find themselves stranded aboard a small skate pod in deep space they're trying to piece together the details around the outbreak that led to their ship's destruction and they find themselves unsure to trust whether or not one of them might be infected so they're they're a bunch of little you know stories associated with alien okay so they're awesome like sci-fi horror Mm -hmm. uh short alien alien themed short films yeah i gotcha so his first one here is like 10 minutes long so they're like short short films and there's one each week for the month i believe this is really cool so that'll be something fun if i can remember to check it Mm -hmm. up on them nice what we do in the shadows guys tv show finally came out yeah it did on the 27th uh the pilot premiered it's on fx i haven't rewatched it yet because <laughs> i haven't had time to i saw it i think i talked about it here back in october when i went to comic-con because at the panel that taika waititi hosted he surprised everybody by showing us the pilot episode which was very generous and i've it's been very hard not to talk to you guys about it because i don't want to spoil anything (laughs) (laughs) did either of you get to watch it yet i did and it was very cute and i'm very excited to see where it goes do you agree that they did a great job of keeping it in vain with the vibe of the film for one it very much still has that same documentary style i think it's kind of hard to um carry on from a film to a show like that uh with that uh documentary style and keep it so that it feels like it's done by the same fake crew if that makes sense you know what i mean mm-hmm. but it really does still feel like it's in the same universe and it still had that same kind of humor and for one thing and sierra i'm sorry but i'm just gonna pull this band-aid off that's okay <laughs> the energy vampire that they threw in there was fucking hilarious that entire concept was gold oh my god that was hilarious i remember sitting when we were sitting in the theater watching this and like the first time he came on screen i think everybody was confused yeah and there was this like quiet moment and then people just started laughing their asses off like oh we get it okay we get it (laughs) yeah i thought maybe they lived with a human at first and were like trying to keep it cool and then when they explained it like god that was just too much I forgot that uh, Matt Berry was in this, and I absolutely love Matt Berry from, um, like, I, I guess the IT crowd was the first thing I, I had seen him in, but yeah, I, I love Matt Berry in anything that he's in, so I will, like, even if I didn't love what we do in the shadows, I probably would have watched this just for him. But yeah, I thought it was a great... I'm not really familiar with him, but I know he's got, like, a fan following. Yeah. Yeah, he, I mean, he's got a, a very well-deserved fan following. Um, I don't think this uh, first episode really kind of showcased why he has such a great fan following, but I have mm-hmm. no doubt that the series will. But yeah, this looks like it's going to be good. Yeah, if you didn't get this from the pilot, the, basically the story of this group of vampires is that they were sent to America to like set off the overtaking yeah. of humanity. And they kind of um, got Did lazy <laughs> and decided to like, yeah, decided to like hang out and party and just like not do it. Yeah. It was too hard. It was too much work. <laughs> yeah. So 
Yeah, it's it's you know, I it's I like it because they they took it in enough of a different direction that it didn't feel like they were trying to recreate what had already been done. You know, they just it's a different story uh with the same vibe. So, I'm really excited about it. Yeah. And I have to see it again soon cuz I can't remember it very well cuz October was a long time ago. So so long ago. Yeah. It is long ago for my my measly little memory. What is the field guide to evil? Oh, okay. Did you guys watch the ABCs of death? No. I feel like I have seen that. That sounds really familiar. It was, I think it was on Netflix and it might be on Netflix. It is a anthology of super short films, one for each letter of the alphabet by different horror directors. Hmm. Um, and so it's like very like, you know, little vignettes about ABC, whatever, like is for cannibals or something. Mm-hmm. And so the people who did that have a new film that is like as of two days ago or something um, available and um, a limited release in theaters called Field Guide to Evil. It's another anthology kind of style and it's six stories of what looks like kind of Eastern European fairy tales. Ooh. Very like dark and gritty and also by different directors each one. Um, so it seems like there's kind of a mix of look and feel across all of them. Uh-huh. And so just based on the fact that we all love the like creepy old fairy tales, this looks like one that we would all really like. Very cool. Yeah. Gonna have to check out both of those then. Yeah, I'm curious to know what line would be for this one for these six different stories, like how they're all connected. That wasn't super clear from the, the little trailer that I watched, but. I remember seeing ABCs of Death now that I look at it, but I don't remember if I liked it or not. <laughs> I feel like anthologies are really hit or miss, you know? They're kind of hard. Yeah. And ABCs of Death was harder because it was so many different people. Like, as soon as you kind of got settled into a, a style, they changed it. Yeah. Right. That seems like it'd be a lot. And and I didn't like every single one of them, you know? Like, the, were the Saska sisters in there? It looks like they were. All right. What else do we have? Us. Us came out. Oh. Oh, what is that? Nobody knows what that is. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we definitely don't talk about Jordan Peele on here at all. Ever. Never. We just got the new issue of Fangoria magazine, and the cover of it is a, like, there's a giant interview inside about us. Of course. So we're like, how are we? Like, we can't read that until we see the movie. <laughs> is it with Jordan Peele? Mm-hmm. I think so. Nice. And it's, you know, the whole front cover is a scene from us. So we're like, oh, crap, we need to get out and see it. So I haven't seen it yet. I haven't had a chance to see it either. I did. Jackie is not slacking. We are slacking. It was actually (laughs) the first uh, time I got my ass out to a theater in well over a year because I just have stopped going to theaters for movies Mm -hmm. for some reason. But yeah, that was a lot of fun. To give a, a spoiler free review for one obviously we're big fans of uh jordan peele around here what he's doing with the horror genre is on a new level and he is doing it from the stance of somebody who clearly loves the genre i think we can all agree on that so we are big fans of jordan peele in general agreed yeah um us (laughs) had some fantastic action sequences in it and the uh, concept of it was really interesting. Quite a few people say that it was a concept that they had never seen before in the horror genre. However, it is something that 
is familiar to a very specific subset of fans uh, once they see hmm. this. Uh, and I, I, I kind of, I don't want to say what kind of subset because that will give it away. So I, I realize that's a little bit uh, annoying for me <laughs> to phrase it that's that way. That's a little vague. And I'm sorry, <laughs> but <laughs> in short, with that part, it, it's a pretty original idea, uh, something that you're not going to see a lot of. So it's it's kind of refreshing to see it from that point of view. The action in it was very well done. And if Lupita Nyong'o does not get an award for this movie, I will be shocked because her performance was absolutely stunning. Like, I really can't remember the last time I've seen this kind of performance from an actress like that. Like, it mm -hmm. was unbelievably amazing, her entire performance there. However, when they give the backstory of this entire plot and when they give the twist, I feel like those parts were really rushed. I think that they were, like, really cool concepts that could have been much better developed and much better explored within the film. And I really, really am curious to see what you guys think when you see it. That makes me wonder if there's a like a longer cut or something. Yeah, or maybe a sequel that might go into it more. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, when when you guys see it, I, I really want to have a longer conversation about this. Well, the only thing I do know about it so far is that there's a lot of bunnies in it. Yes. <laughs> I read a uh, an article about them corralling all the bunnies and uh, how difficult... I, I think that's how I know, because I saw your article. <laughs> how difficult. They had 110 bunnies. And the first oh thing that really struck me, like when the, the very, very opening scene here is all of these bunnies in these really tiny wire cages. You, you can't put bunnies in wire cages because it hurts their little feet. And that instantly pissed me off. But I, I imagine they weren't in there for long. Uh, but you could see a couple of these guys were like chewing on the on the wires and like just really giving the let me the fuck out of here faces. And <laughs> they gave great performances. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently the main bunny that they wanted for that scene just kept falling asleep. <laughs> and they, he was like not cooperating with the uh, with the director there in that opening scene. And then um and another scene when they have the rabbits kind of uh, spread out and hopping from room to room, uh, I instantly noticed there was not a single bunny poop anywhere. Anybody who knows anything about bunnies is they'd love to poop wherever they please. So somebody, some stagehands there must have been on their shit following those 110 bunnies around to make sure those scenes were just perfectly pristine because... I, w I was watching those backgrounds for those bunnies, and they were on it. I was honestly impressed how well they handled those bunnies. And speaking of them, one motif that I found in the background was just how many um, white rabbits there were throughout the entire film. Not like specifically the actual animals, but, you know, on shirts, little figurines, little dolls. So when you're watching it, look out for the little white rabbits. I've seen so many articles popping up about this movie that it's really hard to like not get spoiled on it before I see it. I'm just I don't think I read your article. I just looked at it and I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to open it because I don't want to know too much. I feel like it does hint at something that is spoilery. So I would recommend not reading it yet. Yeah. Well, and then I saw like I was really tempted to click on a video that apparently SNL did a skit 
Oh, yeah, don't watch that. Yeah, and, like, I saw the picture, you know, the thumbnail, which was, like, a person who was obviously supposed to be, um, what is her name? Lupita Nyong'o. Lupita, yeah, and, like, and holding the bunny. And I was like, oh, I want to watch it so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Just, and I didn't, didn't do it. But, like, okay, obviously there's bunnies. There's a bunny topic going running through this yeah and if they weren't like right there in the opening scene then i i wouldn't go into detail about them being in there but yeah i mean they're they're all over the place they're they're unavoidable so did any of them fly through the air and no they were necks there were there were no (sighs) flying bunnies and there are no bunnies harmed there so that made me happy anytime there are bunnies in horror films I instantly assume one of them is going to be hurt and I will mm-hmm. be whining in a theater. So luckily that didn't happen. <laughs> Apparently there's a new Resident Evil series. Mm-hmm. It's like a TV series. It is coming out on Netflix. Okay. Let's see. I mean, it'd be nice to see a Resident Evil series done well. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many like Resident Evil things that are just not fun. <laughs> As much as I enjoy the movies, you know, they just got worse and worse with each one. So it became harder and harder to just enjoy them. Mm -hmm. I don't even. So it'd be nice to see something that's done well. I don't even think it has a um, a release date reported yet. But yeah, they are currently in development with it. I know that they announced it back in January that they are working on it they're they're developing a scripted series based on the hit action horror franchise Mm. i mean hit is giving it a lot of credit in fairness it was enough of a hit to generate so (laughs) many iterations of it so yeah i wonder if they're gonna be kind of following the vein that the last video game took as more of like a quiet like secluded it'll be interesting to say uh, to see which uh direction they go with it and i don't think there's been any talk of whether mila jovovich will have any part of it mm-hmm. she's got to be getting tired of doing that i know right been her entire career at this point like although she, i mean she's one of the things i've always enjoyed about the movies yeah but the writing and dialogue got pretty terrible in them so yeah some people's favorite Doctor Who, Matt Smith, is apparently going to be playing Charles Manson. In a new biopic. Yes. Just crazy. Have you seen the picture? Unintended. <laughs> um, right. I I have. I'm looking at a few of them now. I don't know. Like, I don't. He still, he still is way more, you know, still like way less creepy than Charles Manson's actual face. Right. I mean, he's really scruffy and everything, but I guess we'll have to see how it We'll have to see how it pans out once you get the personality behind it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's really hard to see. Yeah. My hard thing with Matt Smith as uh, the doctor, we were huge fans of uh, David, David Tennant's Tennant. doctor. Yeah. yeah. And it was hard for me to adjust to Matt Smith, mainly because I always felt like he was, he came across on screen as so young and boyish and, you know, very like fresh faced. And it was hard to believe that he was this like ancient, you know, ancient alien with eons of experience and war hardened and sadness and loneliness um i just never i had a hard time buying that from him yeah it, so it took this, me forever be interesting to, yeah to warm up to him as the doctor i did eventually mm-hmm. warm up to him as the doctor but it took a very long time yeah so it'll be interesting to see him as charles manson because i want to see how they i mean i guess charles manson was still pretty young when the actual murders happened yeah it was probably like mid twenties or something, I believe, wasn't he? 
Yeah. Somewhere around Pretty there. Young. I don't and, know. And we then just we... take uneducated guesses on the show. That's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right. Sure. Sure. <laughs> and then we have uh, supposedly the uh, interview of the vampire series closer to coming out. It'll begin filming in September, not coming out in September. Oh, so it won't be till next year. Right. Got my hopes up. I was going to say, like, why would they release it in September when they could just, like, make it a Halloween thing? Yeah. But this is something that has just been going through the loop of development for years and years. And it finally started really getting some traction when um, Brian Fuller signed on to do it. Brian Fuller has done uh, Hannibal and American Gods and such. Mm -hmm. But he left the production there and decided, nah, not going to do that. But Hulu still is chugging along without him with D. Johnson. I don't know who D. Johnson is as as the uh, showrunner, but apparently they're going to start filming in September finally, and we are actually going to get that as a uh, a series. Hmm. Johnson done ER, Nashville, and The Good Wife. Hmm. That what? So just a lot of. TV. Uh, <laughs> Mars. Yeah, it looks like a lot of TV TV series. Okay. But that's what it is, right? TV yeah. series. Yeah. We got a lot of experience in TV. Sure, but... ER, Commander-in-Chief, Army Wives, Southland, The Good Wife. Like, generic TV. Sounds like a lot of, like, drama stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, basic bitch TV. <laughs> <laughs> Harsh, Jackie. <laughs> Honestly, though. <laughs> I, I want my vampires with more teeth than that. Come on. I mean, this is Interview of the Vampires and Rice. Like, Still, though. We're talking like, you know, fluffy collars and powdered faces here. <laughs> Still, though. <laughs> like, if they, like, if they were putting her on the Lost Boys, I'd be really concerned, you know? <laughs> Interview with the Vampire is probably the only thing with prettier vampires than Twilight. Hey, my vampires <laughs> can be pretty and rude and mean at the same time, okay? They were definitely rude. They were divas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every one of them, even the child. Yes. Exceptionally rude. So, Twilight Zone. What is this on? How do I not know this? I feel totally lost now. Well, it's uh, another <laughs> Jordan Peele thing. Because he's making everything now. He's making like four projects a year. Oh, yeah. And Candyman is uh, going yep. to be filming here soon, too. But uh, it's on sci-fi. Twilight Zone is. And yeah, it's premiering tonight. We're, we're recording here on mm, it April on 1st. No, it's on uh, sci-fi, I thought. Oh, I, I guess it on... is also... Okay. It... Yeah, it looks like CBS. CBS, but will also be showing on sci-fi. Oh, okay. I thought it was sci-fi too, but now I'm looking at the like the poster for it and it says CBS. Okay, I guess CBS is developing it, but maybe sci-fi has some kind of uh distribution rights, I guess, cuz it's is showing on sci-fi. So it's not like CBS trying to do that thing with, like they did with Star Wars or uh, Star Trek where like you have to pay for their subscription whatever to be able to watch it. I I guess not. Hmm because it didn't work with Star Trek, because they figured out that nerds <laughs> can get TV when they don't pay for a subscription <laughs> <That's right>. service. <laughs> like, you can't force a bunch of nerds to pay for a service, guys. It don't We're work. We're nerds. We, <laughs> we, can, we can get around that. <laughs> we don't follow those cable rules. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm excited to check this out. We have like we have a list of things that we have to figure out how to watch. <laughs> this looks like it's going to be good. I'm very very excited for I'm this. So excited. Well, I guess maybe next episode we can talk about our feelings on it because we will there will have been two episodes out by then. I assume it's a once a week kind of show. Seems that way. Yeah. Going to be a weekly thing. And this uh, first episode is called The Comedian and looks like it stars Kumail Nanjiani. Yep. Our favorite comedian here. <laughs> <laughs> Which you can stream it all right now on YouTube. Yep. You what? What'd you say? You can watch it all on YouTube right now. What? The first episode. Oh. Well, who cares what channel it's on then? <laughs> I know, right? I'm sure they're just doing that for the first one. But. <laughs> it's on YouTube, y'all. It looks like the second episode also aired today, which it looks like it might be a straight up remake of the classic Nightmare at 30,000 Feet, <gasps> starring, what is his name? Adam Scott. Wait, so two episodes came out today? Looks like it. Why are you blowing our minds? I'm, that's what I'm here <laughs> to do. Like, that's why you guys keep me around, right? The 11th and the 18th. So is that once a week or is that twice a week? I don't even know. So the next one is the 11th, which is uh, next Thursday. And then the 18th. Yeah, so it looks like they're airing on Thursdays after this. That is exciting. We have TV. We should all just quit our jobs now. Watch TV. <laughs> well, Sierra can't do that until she gets her internet turned on. <laughs> yeah, I can't quit my job because it's the only internet it's I the have. the only access to the, to the internet world that you have now. <laughs> So in addition to all this uh, awesome horror content that uh, Jordan Peele is serving us, he recently put out that statement saying that he doesn't see himself casting a white lead recently. Personally, I think that's kind of awesome because we don't really... Like in general? Didn't he say because he's already seen that? Is that the actual quote? Because, it, because he said because I've already seen that movie? Is that what he said because he's already seen that movie? I'm pretty sure that was a, the, on top of all of the articles that I saw that statement in, which, I mean, makes perfect sense. You know, like, yeah, you have already seen it. We've all seen it. Right. Yeah. Like that, that's been done. Like that makes absolutely a whole lot of sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. That's what he said. I've seen that movie. Specifically said a white dude. A white dude. Yeah. One thing that is sorely lacking in the horror genre, especially, is people of color. In the white, in the lead, and women, especially in the lead. So, if that's what Jordan Peele is serving us, then absolutely bring it on. In my mm. opinion, when like people of color and women that aren't just the first person to die, yeah, right, the, exactly. The plot device of like somebody's got to run out the door first and get killed, right, and to let everybody know there's a killer out there. <laughs> yeah, historically <laughs> in the horror genre, that has been not only women but the black guy the token black guy. So it, it's it's nice to see that that's not the staple in Jordan Peele's movies here. So, All right. Well, that's our horror news. So I guess now we can move on to our Rex, which is um, stuff that we've actually watched and done. <laughs> <laughs> and not just stuff that we want to talk about we're excited to watch and do. We keep him busy with stuff. Sierra, why don't you start us out? Hell yeah, there's uh, an artist I want to talk about. Um, her name is Virginia Mori. Her Instagram is at underscore Virginia underscore Mori underscore. And she does these really awesome pen drawings that remind me a lot of Edward Gorey, 
It has that kind of like storybook feel and everything's very surreal and creepy. A lot of like kind of body horror, but still like subtle and like a little bit cute. So it's like it just adds to the unsettling factor. And there's a really good one that she posted recently. That's a cat UFO, which I really love. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a fun, fun page to scroll through and see all these like weird ladies on yeah it's like the people are very innocent looking but then there's very not innocent things going on around mm-hmm. them i like the like little they bunnies look like, like children's book drawings but like weird shit happening to them what is this girl in bed what is even what is that is that a phone or something it's like this drawing of this girl in bed and like the pillow is like around her neck like as if her head popped through the pillow and there's mm. some kind of oh, yeah. device <laughs> There's some kind of like giant device next to the bed. I don't even understand what's happening. Oh, is that a? It's, it looks like a. Oh, it's a, it's pen? a pen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's a. All right. So it's actual. It's the pen lying on top of the picture. That's funny because it looked like it was part of the picture, like it was drawn in. So interesting. Yeah, these are very interesting. Yeah, she does a lot of stuff with like bull's heads, not being where they're supposed to be, and stuff like that. <laughs> the giant black cat staring at the lady in bed. Hmm. That's what I feel like every morning. <laughs> Dana like climbs on my pillow and just stares at me up close. <laughs> Does she sell like prints or something? Or looks like it. Yeah, it looks like she has some books too. She's not in S. Let's see. So all of the stuff for sale on her site is in euros. But yes, you can print some things. Some of it is um, feels a little claustrophobic too to me. Like there's a lot of like weird spatial stuff going on uncomfortable Mm -hmm. spatial stuff you know like this girl she's like got a bare bed frame with no mattress and she's like underneath it like she's trapped under it but it's in the middle of the woods yeah Mm -hmm. really yeah just some of these give me a you know that creeping feeling of like things being out of size or like too small or too big or uncomfortable (laughs) this guy hanging off the nipple that's funny (laughs) she's got she's got an interesting sense of humor i like it Mm -hmm. there's one of like heads into birthday cakes but it looks like they're drowning each other kind of mm-hmm. i like the girl laying down with bunny surrounding her ominously yeah i knew you would <laughs> i like how she does the bunny ears they're like sharp yeah pointy double horns was this your only wreck this week sierra yep because one of these pictures reminds me a lot of something that i want to talk about oh yeah there's a picture here of a ship with a girl who's like a sea monster her face Coming out of this ocean and her hair is wrapped around the ship like a sea monster. I love that one. Yeah. That reminds me of a video game I want to tell you guys about. It is called Return of the Oberdin. Um, it's a little uh, indie game. Came out last year. It's only on PC currently. A little single player game. It's a puzzle game. I don't know if you guys ever played. There was an old game called Papers, Please. Oh, yeah. From a developer called uh, Pope, Lucas Pope. It's made by the same person. Really cool. I just wanted to play a new puzzle game, and I think it was super cheap. I want to say it was like 12 bucks or something mm-hmm. um, on Steam. And so I picked it up because a couple of my friends were talking about how much they liked it. It is a... You you walk onto a fictional East India Company ghost ship mm-hmm. that shows up in the 1800s. Their crew and passengers have all mysteriously died or disappeared. And the game's objective is to discover how each person died. You have to figure out what their name is, how they died, and what it was that actually killed them. Like, if it was a person or whatever, the cause of death. So you're essentially like a um, like an insurance agent, and <laughs> you're tasked with figuring out 
Um, and there's like 60 people that got on this ship. So you have to figure out like, and man, it turns into some serious Sherlock Holmes level <laughs> detective work. I mean, listen, I admittedly, I cheated a couple of times. I looked up a couple of things because I got to a point where I was like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I don't know who this is. What's interesting, it's just all done in this really like monochromatic graphical style. It's it's apparently inspired by like early Macintosh systems. And it gives you the the option in the beginning to choose like different monitor settings. So you can choose like different. So like some of the monitor settings will have like this very weird like green color on everything. I didn't do a lot of PC gaming back in those days, so I didn't recognize necessarily what all of them were supposed to look like. But there's like four or five different options to set your, to have this like retro looking monitor coloring to the whole thing. And then the actual images themselves are very like hand drawn. It it looks like you're looking at these like, you know, sketched renderings, but it's, it's odd because, um, did you guys watch Dexter? Yep. Yeah. So it reminds me a lot of like, um, you have this, you know, unexplainably, you have this magical compass when you get on the game. I don't know who the, what the hell this compass is or who gave it to you, but you have this <laughs> fancy compass and you get on the ship. And what happens is you come across ruins as you explore the ship and you point the compass at it and it replays the um, moment of death. So you see it, you hear it first, um, you hear all the voices and you then you see the moment. You don't see it play out in motion, but you see like the moment of impact like the moment of death um, and you get to, and it freezes in time and you get to like walk around completely and look like, and you can see like, you can see a bullet like going through someone. You mm. can see like things falling out of people's bodies. So it's really odd to see these, like this really old monochromatic graphical style with like innards falling out. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, wow. But it's really cool. It is, it is difficult. I will say that it is difficult. It's tricky. I love puzzle games. Um, and this one had me stumped a few times, but it's really fun because you can keep playing these memories over and over again. And then you get this big book where it starts keeping track of all the stuff that you see. So you can keep referring back to the book. And it's purely like detective work. You have to listen to what they're saying, listen for like vocal cues if there's a name mentioned, because they don't, a lot of these people, like they don't give you names for them. You have to figure it out according to what other people said about them or to them in random conversations <laughs> that happened around different people's murders. And mm-hmm. so, and then there's like, you know, and there's, this is a, in the 1800s. So like the, they do give you a list of everyone who got on the boat. So all mm-hmm. the names and the countries that they're from. So you also have, accents as clues so sometimes you can that helps you know but you've got everything from like people who are speaking chinese to you know scottish english indians (laughs) just all these different players but it's really really cool it's really fun and if you want a game to just kind of like lose yourself in that is no you know there's no battle or anything like you don't have to worry about anything jumping out and killing you it's just purely a detective game but i will say Maybe this will get you guys a little bit more excited about it. There are some fun horror type twists to this. Mm-hmm. Um, not all of the murders are human to human murders. Hmm. Very I, cool. Yeah. A little supernatural element there. Yeah, there's definitely some supernatural things. And there was a point for me in this game when I thought, okay, you know, we're on a boat. I'm, you know, there's certain things I expect might occur. Mm-hmm. on a boat and there's certain other things from the ocean that might get involved you know and then i uh was trying to i found this like hidden spot behind a wall 
walking down this like narrow passageway, like behind, literally behind the wall of the ship and this little thing. And you squeeze down there and you look in this tiny little window into the room. And I'm like, what is this sticking out of the wall? It's like a spike. And I'm not going to tell you what's in there, but I looked in that room and I was like, what the fuck is going on in this game? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what that is oh, that I'm looking yes. at right now, but all of a sudden I want to jump off the ship. Like, this is creepy <laughs> as hell. <laughs> it's like you think you're just investigating like mutinies and normal stuff and then things go all off the rails and it is weird as hell. That sounds awesome. Like Lovecraftian, like the thing. Yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff happening on the ship. So it just and that just, you know, the the when that stuff started happening, it just drew me in even more. And I was like, I have to finish this. I have to see this through and like know what happened. I even ended up looking up, I think at the end of this, somebody took the time to go through the entire book and like put together the timeline from start to finish. Oh, um nice. so that you could like read it like a story, which was yeah. really interesting and cool. Because it's a lot of work. It's a lot of people. And by the time you're done, you're you're like, there's so much information in here. <laughs> but it's a big, it's a really big undertaking. And I give these people a lot of credit, this little developer, Lucas Pope, because, man, this is a great, it's a really well-developed with a super, super intricate story that I never expected from this little, little sketch. But if you, I looked at images of it when somebody told me about it, and that was what got me. I was like, oh, this is really cool looking. I want to, I want to see it. Nice. So I was excited to tell you guys about that. And also, has anybody checked out Love, Death, and Robots on Netflix? No, but it is definitely on my list. I keep hearing how cool it is. It's really cool. I've been watching and I've had a lot of... Ryan's been working at home at night, so I've had a lot of time by myself to like watch things that that he, that he he's not going to watch with me necessarily, you know? Like, there's things that are off limits that we watch together. Right. But I've been watching this one by myself. It is um, done by Tim Miller and uh, David Finch. Oh, cool. Hmm. And it is really fun. I tried one day to click on one of them. I know it says right out in the open, like, it's not safe for work. And I was sitting with Max one day, and I thought, maybe I can find one. <laughs> but I clicked on one episode to watch, which actually was okay for him. It just had a lot of bad language. but it, And it was adorable. It's the story of, like, I'll just tell you about one of them. They're each different little stories, um, each one, and they're all really, yeah, they're very adult. Like, it's it's very, you know, liquid TV but all with different animation styles and totally different stories behind them. The one that I watched with Max is called Three Robots. And I thought of you, Jackie, when I saw this, because I thought, oh, Jackie's going to love this. It's just adorable. <laughs> and it's like it's like after the apocalypse, post-apocalyptic, there's three robots left. And they're basically going on like a sightseeing tour of a city. Like this one little robot is showing these other two robots around the city and like pointing out things that humans used to do and humans used to use. <laughs> And it's hysterical. I already love you, it. Like, yeah, there's like, there's like the one robot's like a triangle. I don't know <laughs> what she's supposed to be, but she's definitely a she. She's a triangle with just like a little lens on the front. No, <laughs> uh, she's very like unaffected and like I already know all this stuff, you know. <laughs> and then you've got this tall, thin robot who looks like he might be some kind of a like battle robot or something. He looks very complicated. And then you've got this little tiny robot, this little orange guy with like. A big square face with just like two little white eyes and a little happy digital mouth that like changes shape as he talks. And it's adorable because they're just they're walking around and like there's a lot of there's a lot of bad language. There's a lot of like sassy <laughs> back and forth and they're hysterical and there's just like people there's like bodies laying around everywhere they go. <laughs> and they 
they're just very like, you know, but it's really entertaining. And that was the first one I saw. And then that's definitely probably the most lighthearted of all of them is three robots. Um, The other ones are a bit more tense and heavy. Yeah, there's this uh, great scene in three robots where they're in a diner and they're pulling out this like moldy food <laughs> and they're trying to talk about like they're, the little guy is trying to explain to the other two robots like how humans digest food <laughs> and how it works. And it goes through their body and like comes out their orifices and they have this really funny conversation about orifices and why people do things weird things with their orifices <laughs> the little robot and the little orange guy is on the table and he's like sitting on a skeleton's head of a person that died there while he's chatting away to them <laughs> but it, it's adorable and you guys will totally enjoy it and you should check it out um i think i'm almost done with the series unfortunately because i kind of don't want them to end now but they're fun like you know like the last thing you watch before you go to sleep at night like just put on like one episode definitely definitely on my list have to see it jackie oh i will (laughs) (laughs) what have you seen you've talked about this thing this this show that you want to talk about or movie and i'm interested to hear about it because it's freaking me out and i haven't even seen it yet it is a movie it is honestly one of the more original horror movies that i've seen in a while it's called incident in ghostland in some places, it's listed just as Ghostland, so keep an eye out for that for that difference there. A friend of mine told me about this, and this particular friend, she and I share this uh, very strange taste in very particular horror movies. So we've been kind of uh, giving each other very specific recommendations back and forth. And she texted me one day, and she's just like started this text chain with, "Oh damn." Oh, damn. Oh, damn. And it took her a while to get to the the purpose of the oh, damn. But eventually, she told me about (laughs) how I needed to watch this movie. And she was gushing about it so much that I ended up watching it that night. And um, this is some fucked up shit right here. I'm just gonna go ahead and break that break that mold right there. Like this is, this is a really fucked up movie. And if you uh, are sensitive to young girls or women in danger, I would recommend skipping this movie entirely. The opening premise of this is that uh, two teenage girls and their mother are moving into their aunt's old house. Uh, The mother's sister has died. And they're, they're going to clean up the house and they're going to live there. One of the young girls is very introverted. She wants to be a writer. She specifically wants to be a horror writer, and she absolutely loves H.P. Lovecraft. She's, you know, this very quirky kind of kind of girl. And um, the other one is a little bit older, and she's very kind of mean-spirited and obviously gets in trouble a lot. And the mother's trying to corral these two girls, and... They go and they move into this house. On the night that they try to move into this house, there's a home invasion by two characters that incredibly strange and uh, like nothing they have ever encountered before and are incredibly overpowering. This entire home invasion is really, really over the top. Like the entire incident is just a, a fucking horror movie in itself the two of them or sorry the three of them survive the two intruders are overpowered and uh we skip ahead to the uh younger girl's adult life where she is a successful writer 
She has written a book about that incident specifically, but she still has some trouble overcoming memories of that incident. So in trying to process what happened to her, she uh, is not only writing about it herself and going to these different events to speak about it and, uh, you know, trying to process it in her own time, but she starts getting these very strange calls from her sister who was attacked in that initial event much worse than anybody else was. So she gets these strange calls and she decides to go home and check on her sister and her mother. And that's when shit gets fucking weird. I don't want to say anything more from there because it really, it will give things away. And this is like one of the hardest movies that I've watched in a while. And it is hard in a way that really sticks with you. But yeah, this is a very, very unique movie. (laughs) That's about all I can give away there without giving away the plot. I can see just by reading some of this that there is sexual assault in this. Yes. Can you tell me how graphic it is? Um, it's the actual assault is not graphic. It doesn't actually show the assault itself, but it is uh, okay. hinted at it very, very strongly. Uh, it does, however, show the um, the trauma that that leaves behind very thoroughly. In fact, the a lot of the um, movie is about uh the trauma that that leaves behind in dealing with that Mm, okay i find it much harder these days to deal with sexual assault in movies (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. so that's why i wanted to ask because i don't like it sounds like something that's really cool but i also know that like i'll stop it and walk out of the room and not watch the rest of it if it's too much so and it honestly i'm with you there and i uh once it got to that point because the the friend of mine actually didn't tell me that was part of it uh so i didn't even know to expect that so when that became part of the plot, I was a little bit concerned about where that would go, but uh, they don't they don't show that on screen. And uh, what actually happens to these girls, they don't really kind of go into detail about what happens to them too thoroughly. So like you're not gonna okay. s- you're not gonna see naked bodies. You will see uh, some handling, and it is mm-hmm. it is kind of strange from there. Um, okay, but yeah, I think that's yeah, I think that's good. I mean. Yeah, like, uh, there's a particular scene in Game of Thrones for me that is, like, too much. Yeah. But I think as long as it's kept to, like, you know, a lot of movies will just sort of use sounds or something to give you the idea, and you don't Mm -hmm. actually have to, like, be in the room and witness it, that's different. There is one scene that might might be a little bit troubling for you, but um, I don't really know how to put it into, into context without giving away the whole plot here. That's okay. You can give me more context off off air if okay. I need it. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> so we don't spoil anybody. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is definitely one of the most unique uh, plot lines I've seen in a while. It looks intense. Yeah. I was just like flipping through images and it looks really intense. Do we have anything else? Did we miss anything? We give a lot of information on the show. Like, we don't have a lot of stuff. And then we have, like, 15 things to talk about. I know, right? Every time we we go through an episode, we're like, oh, we don't have a lot. We just end up having so much to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's it. And I think we will wrap this up so that Sierra can get out of her office and go home. <laughs> to her doggies. That would be nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's, like, stuck at work until we wrap this up. Okay. So, 
that's it for this episode and uh thank you everybody for all the support and for listening and hanging in with us when we are occasionally not showing up on schedule because <laughs> of crap yeah if you do listen please consider taking a second to rate or review us um on whatever podcast app you listen to us on itunes stitcher podcasts whatever because it really helps us to get some new listeners and to um also i think get some feedback on how we're doing and in speaking of that hearing from you is the best way that we know how we're doing so you can also send us emails at sirens at sirensofscream.com can send us messages on all of the various social media that we're on we are on twitter tumblr instagram facebook all the stuff i think we're on all the stuff all of them right <laughs> back into my twitter real quick to check yeah run everything and so yeah if you tweet us i i would ha- i would really like to have more like questions and comments from our listeners because i think it's really fun to just like we talk about other podcasters and we have other podcasters on the show it's fun to hear what um what you guys are into and what you've been enjoying or you know what you're not enjoying yeah <laughs> what if and if you want to find show notes of past episodes uh, various links that we share you can find that at sirensofscream.com and i think that's about it did i get everything did i forget anything no nope. we're good there no no okay all the stuff all the stuff so guys have fun with all the new shows yeah so much out yes. there to watch now i'm gonna go watch the twilight vampires. zone now vampires <laughs> yeah vampires twilight zone new movies do some detective work on a ship <laughs> okay good night ladies good night
you're frightened of dying and then you're holding on. You see devils tearing your life away. But if you've made your peace, 